All right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. This week we're back with another little interview. Been a little while since we've shot the shit with some other jocks, but this week we're going to be getting Tyler Schiller on. Tyler is one of the gun apprentices at the moment and put up a few votes recently trying to see what people, uh, who their number one apprentice was, and there was a stack of votes to Tyler Schiller. He was first, Zach Lloyd second, Dylan third, Reese Jones fourth, with a couple others there, but um, Tyler is absolutely flying at the moment. So it'd be good to get uh, have a little chat to him, see how he's going with his uh, kilo and a half claim, and what he sees next with all his um, all the next big carnivals he's going to be involved with. Uh, if you're not following, get in there, get in, follow us, give us a spell pod, Instagram, Twitter, all that sort of shit. You can join Facebook where we put up um, a bunch of little tips and stuff as well. They're all free. Kohai often puts up his tips and a bit of a write up there as well. Uh, we have mentioned that we are doing a, a little, like it's nothing official, but we're going to have a bit of a Christmas party down in Manly. I know not everyone is on, is on the northern beaches of Sydney. Unlucky. Uh, but if you are, pop down to Manly, send us a message. We'll be uh, probably around the stain and whatnot, having some bets, having some uh, punts, and probably doing a bit of a pool together so we can have a big punt together and try and win some big cash. That is the plan. But... Uh, Never, let's just get into it. We got Tyler Schiller on the line, and we're going to shoot the shit with him. So, boys, pretty stoked to have Tyler on, eh? Yeah, stoked to have him on, mate. He's um, he's fine at the moment in a pretty stacked uh, Sydney roster, and uh, especially the apprentices as well. He's going as good as anyone. I can't remember a Saturday where he hasn't had a winner or two. So, can I chat to him? Beautiful, Coey, keen. I think I, I am keen, but there's no person on this podcast that's more keen than you so um i think every group chat on a saturday or a metro <laughs> reading I've, you're pretty you're pretty much dropping a an eggplant emoji when Schiller gets a winner so i think yeah it, it should be it should be good fun i think it's because i was like blowing up you know your dylan's and your um zach lloyd's and stuff and i you guys brought it, brought it to my attention that tyler's flying as well so then every time he wins or he wins on a bit of an outsider i give him a bit of a rap but um all right let's get him on all right, Tyler Schiller is joining the potty. Um, Tyler, welcome aboard, mate. G'day, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, so what do you, what have you made of um, 2022, mate? It's been a pretty good year for you. Yeah, um, I thought last year was pretty good winning the champion apprentice in town, but mm-hmm. this year it just keeps rolling on, and at the moment the momentum's high, and hopefully I can keep it there. you got a winner for the little Blue Army, mate. It's good riding for them, isn't it, in race one today? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always good riding for top trainers, and when you can get a winner for them, it makes it makes it really worthwhile. Tyler, um, Coe and I went to Nara on Sunday. Actually, we had a small percentage in a horse, but when we heard, um, is it true that you had a full book at Hawkesbury, but you you decided to go to Nara because of Rotorua? First of all, that was a hell of a win, despite uh, things going wrong. And is is it going to be a good horse if, if, if everything um, stays fit? Yeah, I'm not sure about a full book at Hawkesbury, but I was definitely going towards Hawkesbury more than now until I heard Mark saying that Rotorua was going that way after I worked her one day. So it, it did definitely sway me with her going there. Um, I think she's a top filly. She just needs to get a mental part right. Um, but it was a very good win. Mate, how's it feel to be doing your like apprenticeship and everything else with Mark Newnham? Because this kind of turned into, I mean, we weren't around for Theo Green, but um, we've seen the commodities of 
what a great, you know, jockey and a trainer he was to the likes of Mark and Ronnie Quinton and the likes. So how's it been in Sydney under Mark's care? Yeah, definitely. He's being compared to Theo at the moment. and He's a great mentor. He's he's firm and fair. He doesn't really get up as much when we do something wrong, but he does pull us in and tell us what we do wrong in a nice way and then pretty much just gives us opportunities that are good enough to make us improve. Um, it's very easy to go out and make mistakes, but it's a lot harder to learn from them unless you've got the right boss. And I think Mark's one of the best out there. You're lucky to and What's it like, mate? Sorry. Uh, what, what's it like just having people like Corey Brown around to ask questions, but you, you get to that change room and you see James McDonald, Tommy Berry, Hugh Bowman, like some of these names. Are you, are you, were you like pinching yourself when you first started? Because like the Sydney jockeys ranks is one of the best in the world, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. It's unreal. Um, being able to walk into Tim Clark, Josh Parr, Kira McAvoy, it's, mm. it's amazing just to meet them, let alone ride alongside them and chart, fight out a finish with them. To get advice off them is very good. They're all open and willing, which is even better for us apprentices coming through. I think Sydney, apprentice-wise, is coming through very strongly because of that. They get taught so well through Corey Brown, as you said, and all the other senior jockeys that are willing to put time in and help help each other out. So it's always better to build with a big support group. And I think Sydney's pretty much the place to be at the moment. It was never always that easy though, right? Like, yes, you're riding in all the big metro tracks and all this stuff, but it's a, I'm sure it's a long, hard grind. Well, like as a, as a kid, as an agrometer, as a, as a young fella, were you super into racing? Were you always going to be a jock or did you play other sports or what was the story as a young boy? I uh, played a lot of soccer for 14 years, 15 years. Um, other than that, I've watched racing. Pop had harness horses, so I was more inclined to be a harness racing driver than a jockey. But when I was so small growing up, I was always, just because of the horse, I was always there for the love of the horse. And to be able to get into the thoroughbred industry as a jockey, it, it was always a dream from probably year eight onwards. Yeah. I just wanted to leave school as quick as I could and <laughs> get, in, get into riding because I hated school and loved horses. But it was never that easy. Um, I, I wasn't a great rider when I was young, but... When I got to Phil Sweeney, I think that was the turning point. He was a really good good person to learn from. I don't actually know how he got me to ride so well so quickly because I was pretty ordinary when I first went there. I got compared to a sack of potatoes on the <laughs> back of him. So um, it all moved pretty fast and then, yeah, just kept snowballing. I think when we come 2019, and correct me if I'm wrong, but your first race ride was a winner. It was a non-tab meeting, but it was a winner. Is it Little Capri? Yeah. That's pretty unreal. My first, two race, my first two race rides were winners, actually. I was free no to retire after that. <laughs> and that was, only 20, that was only three years ago. So it's it's pretty unreal that you've come from, you know, where was it? Hilston, where I don't know where that is. Uh, a non-tab meeting. <laughs> I've never heard of Hilston. Past Griffith. It's bum-fucking-nowhere. Bum well, coming, I, looked, I had to Google it. Yeah, well, coming from um, Northern Beaches, folks like myself who don't like to travel, I have no idea, Hilston. But, I mean, I look at it. You're riding for Marcus O'Connor. You're a four-kilogram acclaimer. Uh, it's pretty unreal, mate. So, like, that was three years ago, riding in Hilston to 
a regular rider in some of the best races in, you know, the world, mate. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yes, completely ridiculous. I never thought when I was down at Geraldry with Phil that I'd make it to Sydney, let alone be in the jockey's ranks up with the top <laughs> Tom, Tom Berry yeah. around level. Like, it's it's unreal to think about. And what about um, winning a Kosciuszko as well? Like, yeah. on your birthday for that for that area as well with Gary Colvin, like, um, I, I, I lived in Wagga for three years and just knowing the people around there, there's such big um, racing fans around there. So to win... Win a massive race like the Cozzy on your birthday for the um for the people down that way. That's that's got to be a massive thrill, hey. Yeah, it definitely meant a lot more winning that big race for a country trainer where I was from than what it did winning a Group Three at Scone for Bjorn Baker. Say, like mm. it was still great winning my first Group Three race, but to win a big race for a trainer that I'd ridden for down in the country area was unreal. How good! I was gonna just uh, go rewind the clock a little bit again, but it, it, I've read a few reports. I just wanted you to confirm it. So when you lost your claim with, like your country claim, uh, Tyler, there was uh, kind of like a turning point of whether to go south of the border or north of the border. But because COVID was rolling through, you kind of ended up residing and staying in New South Wales. Is that right? Yeah, um, I was very close to the Victorian border at Geraldry. I think it's 45 minutes to Shepparton. So Bill really wanted me to go to Victoria and get into their system. But with COVID coming along and I outrode my claim and I just, my career was sort of going stagnant. So I decided I had to either move up here or stay down there and be sort of a non-claiming apprentice going nowhere for a little bit. So I made the jump and gone to a few trainers up here. Mark wasn't actually one of the first ones I contacted, but when my friend down at Wagga heard that I wanted to move to Sydney, she got me in contact with Mark and it was one of the better decisions that's ever happened. Uh, growing up, mate, you've obviously been in the ranks for a while now, but I want to know as a teenager, late teen, um, what was like the, the race that you loved? I know that everyone sort of generally has like an, has a, has a race they love, and a lot of people say the Cox Plate and that sort of thing, but I'm more of a sprint guy, so the TJ Smith has always been my go-to. Like, growing up, going through the ranks, what was your always your favourite race going, fuck, I'd love to win that race? I think it was more because of the love of Black Caviar that I liked the Lightning Stakes the most, to be honest. Um, yeah, up the Flemington Straight. Flemington Straight, that would be pretty, pretty fucking unreal, actually. Um, that's a good one. Um so you had a couple of, like Tom, you mentioned you won the, the Cozzy, but you also got Little Dance as well. That was another little crack and run. There's a lot of these um, pop-up races, isn't there, that um, it's a good time to be a jock in Sydney. Yeah, the money's unreal up here. Um, even that win to win for Keith, he's been a great supporter from when I was down south. So to win a big race for him near the later part of his career, he's... He's such a good trainer and he does a, such a good job with his small team. Um, to win for him, it was great feeling. Um, and I've rode the horse a bit, so he was actually my 80th winner. I outrode my country claim on him, so it was even better. You're good, mate. And I just wanted to touch on, like, the whole... Obviously, you've touched on, like, the Sydney jockey rooms, but at the same time, I mean, the apprentice class that's coming through with Dylan and... 
uh, Zach in in the room together. Is, does that make it even more competitive for you? Because at the moment, like it, it is touted as one of the mm. best apprentice grounds, almost well, nationwide. I could probably comfortably say because I mean I'm looking at the stats now. Between the three of you, you're in the top seven in the Sydney Jockey Premiership. You're leading it and coming second overall, which is outstanding, and six statewide. So, like, does it motivate you more? Is it more competitive between the apprentices or is it just the room in itself kind of thing? How do you see it, Tyler? It definitely becomes a bit more of a competition that way with the three of us going. Like, last season, there was me and Reese ended up paired off and we're in a little ding-dong battle there. And I don't know what it is, but this season... I feel like the momentum's gone to a new level with Dylan and Zach being there. It gives you more of a fight to want to be able to beat the best and be the best in there. Um, the bunny of James McDonald's always going to be there because he's the goat. But um, to be in front of the apprentices at the moment, it's it's unreal. I just got to try and keep the momentum up and the claim's going very quickly, but it's probably a good thing. You mentioned J-Mac, right? Uh the funny thing is, I mean, J-Mac is the go, but at the same time, you're on 25 winners, 26 winners now as of today. There's only three apprentices in this century, so in the last 22 years, that have hit the 50, raised the bat on the 50 or more winners during their apprentice years, and that's Bowman, Anglin, and Tommy Barry. So you're in a pretty group of, uh, like, pretty strong group of jockeys right there. So you must be proud, just kind of hitting those high notes. Yeah, it's surreal to think of it like that when you put all the statistics together it's unreal um i don't like to talk myself up or anything so i just say that i'm a mediocre apprentice but <laughs> it's just it's just good to be able to be in that position where you have momentum riding for the best trainers and i don't know it just feels so cruisy just to go around riding with those jockeys at the moment and- just touching on that, mate, I, I, I've had heard Gary Fraser um, say before that you, you're very similar to Ty. You, you're one of the better jockeys to come through since Ty and go, uh, going to do what Coey's saying with the stats would be unreal. But was, was Ty someone you would look up to or McDonald or um, when you were just starting out, were they with the big names or there's some, some people in your local area that you looked up to when you just started out? Yeah, more Nick Haywood gave me a good kick along when I was down there because before I went to Phil Sweeney's, I was at Chris for a little bit and while Nick was in his apprenticeship. So I got a pretty close bond with him and coming through my apprenticeship, Nick helped me a lot on the Equisizer down in that area and I thought he looked so good and he was up at Snowden's for a while as an apprentice before it got too heavy. Um, but, yeah, in... Sydney jockey ranks, definitely. James McDonald, Hugh Bowman were the idols growing up. What do you, um, when when you say, we, we mentioned earlier that, you know, you're riding for Godolphin and stuff today. Is it, when you first had a couple of the rides for the big name trainers when you're in Sydney, what was the nerves like? Because I can just imagine, you know, stepping up, I'm in Sydney, and then you start riding for these big stables. Did you feel extra nervous or did you just feel like, fuck, I know how to ride a horse. I'm just going to go out there and do my, do, have it a crack. No, there was definitely some nerves. I think my first ride for Walla, um, I went out there and just it was like a blur again. What riding your first race, you just didn't know what you were doing. But obviously, 
um, once you ride for them more, you get a bit more confident and comfortable around them. But you just know that they're another person. But when you first start for them, it's definitely um, a big experience, um, big thrill. And what um, what oops, something you want to do um, in the future, Tyler? Like we see McDonald and Jamie Carr and Huey going to Hong Kong. Is is there a goal you want to uh, do right overseas or just lock down Sydney or what, where do you see yourself sort of in the next few years? Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'd love to stay in Sydney as long as I can. I'd like to improve a lot more. Um, I'd love to be in Hong Kong in the next five years. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but if it's there on the horizon, I'd definitely take the chance. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah, speaking of Hong Kong, obviously the international jockey thing, for anyone not knowing, is tonight that kicks off and... It would be unreal. Um, you, know, you haven't heard any bad stories from people that have gone over and had had a crack at Hong Kong. You just look at how long Zach Burton's been there. Um, absolutely flying. Um, one thing I have mentioned to most jocks, and I, I guess we meant to ask this question a lot, is dealing with shit. So you're in a, you're in a job where you're a hero one second and you're an enemy the next second in some sense, right? So we've got people like we've spoken to people like Tommy and Karen and stuff and about what the, how they deal with social media and you know, you ride a good race, everyone's loving Tyler Schiller and then you might ride a race that didn't go according to plan. Do you ever deal with any shit on Twitter, Instagram, that sort of stuff? Or are you pretty good at like blocking that sort of crap out? I definitely read it. I actually like reading it more because I'm a harsher critic on myself than anyone will ever say to me. So nothing, nothing's going to hurt me. But at least when I read it, I read it and know that I can be harsh on myself. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. It's, it's like if I ride one bad and then someone tells me I ride it bad, it's like, well, I'm, I have a right to be harsh on myself. Yeah. But I get over it pretty quick. I think, I think, it's, I think it's, Tommy is. way the, to look at it. Yeah. I think, and I think Tommy was the one that sort of said it best from most people. He said that we never go out to ride a bad ride. We want to win every single race. Sometimes it doesn't go according mm. to plan. He goes, but. People that punt, they're allowed to have an opinion, right? But when it gets to a bit full-on and a bit vulgar and stuff, that's where it's bad. But like you said, and I remember, I remember asking Dylan as well, and Dylan said, look, he goes, you read it, you cop the shit, but you sort of just got to – if you keep get too flustered in it, um, it can get a bit much. But it must be annoying, though. It's a weird job. Like we've said, it's, you're, in the, you're in a job where an ambulance follows you around every second that you're on, on clock. It's a, bloody, it's a bloody weird thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely – Plenty of danger in it. I remember when I first wanted to be a jockey, mum was against it and asked me every time I came back from Phil's for a break, she'd say, oh, do you still want to be a jockey? And was, when you start doing it every day, you don't actually remember how dangerous it is until you come off and then go, oh, that hurt a bit. But usually it's pretty easy. We it's just like another normal job to us. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to touch on it. So, like you mentioned, like the dangers of racing. I mean, I don't know if you want to t- talk about it or if you've ever really spoken about it. But uh, back when you, I guess you would have been still with Phil, or you might have just outridden your claim or starting riding. You were in a car, a pretty horrific car crash from notes. Did that, in hindsight, make you a better jockey, or did that motivate you? Like, because I mean, from all reports, it sounded like. The doctors gave you pretty much the bleakest response going forward. So, how did that go about, mate? Yeah, that was down when I was with Phil, um, just before I started actually doing my first trial. So I hadn't actually 
gotten to race riding or even trials yet. And I was just in a car crash. I broke my back and everything sort of went downhill from there. I had a perforated bowel they figured out later, so I got air- airlifted to Melbourne. And um, they said I would never ride again, but I suppose they got to give the worst diagnosis they can in case something does go wrong. Yeah. Um, but from there on, I think it matured me a lot because it took me nine months to get back to riding to be able to get the strength back and all that sort of thing. So it gave me a lot of time to think and mature as a person instead of being a little 17, 18-year-old kid still. I was 19, 20 when I first started my apprenticeship. So it did help me a lot, especially on the financial side of things because when you're getting a lot of money as a young kid, it sort of can blow your head up a lot. But at the moment, I think everything's going great. It really did mature me, though. You said you're you're pretty keen to ride a ride a first group one. Is that is I think uh, what did I read? You want to outride your claim or uh, win a group one? When we look towards group ones, let's ignore ignore Lightning Stakes. Looking forward to Sydney in the next little while, and let's exclude prize money. Any any race that comes to mind that you'd love to salute in in the next year? Uh, I'd love to ride the Sydney Cup winner. Sydney Cup. Yeah. That's the most achievable. That is the most modest answer I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have picked Sydney Cup. How come? Yeah. How come Sydney Cup? Uh, I ran sixth in it last year on a pretty rough price one, the Cup Fever for Joe Cride, and I thought it felt like a really good race to win. Beautiful. Are you more inclined for, like, stayers over sprinters? Or you, I mean, is, is there any preference for you? I uh, definitely like the sprinters more. Because you don't run out of puffers quick, but <laughs> I, I did I did like riding in the Sydney Cup. The atmosphere was pretty big. And I saw the other day, mate, after uh, riding uh, Ruby Tuesday, you donated ten percent breast uh, breast, breast care cancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, breast care uh, cancer. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I got interviewed after it, and I knew the horse was um, linked to all the Breast Cancer Foundation. Um, with the owners and training of it. But um, Chris Roots from the Daily Telegraph, I think he is. He Herald, the other guys. The Herald, sorry. He um, he interviewed me about it and asked if I'd donate 10%. I said, yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to keep donating to them, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's a good cause. I think they deserve everything they get and hopefully they can improve off everyone's donations and i just wanted to put my bid in oh that's awesome mate no that's good stuff like you uh see so many jockeys um giving back like that but i want to touch on some real hard stuff now um uh, the old man's got to share well he owns ramones tomorrow <laughs> i knew it's coming and, um, i knew it <laughs> yeah yeah you're riding you're riding the big ramones um i know your record with joe pride's pretty good um hopefully you can get the win but uh have you seen much of ramones yeah, I sat on him his last trial and he gave me some feel. He um, trialed like a really nice horse. I think he might run the quickest trial of the morning and the quickest last 600. So he's in the right space and probably just the draws a little bit against him. But being a big horse, I think he's a bit better out of trouble out there. So all he has to do is get around and hopefully hopefully get the, gets the chockies. Beautiful, mate. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Always told me about the Chucky's own, own little pony in there, of course. Um, 
Mate, leaning, I guess leaning towards this weekend, you've got another bunch of rides as well. Um, any any tickle you fancy? Any you're excited about? Yeah, um, going forward, Rondino. Yep. I think he's aiming at some pretty high things next year. So hopefully the bit, I think the wide draw helps him a lot. Um, gets him a bit of room. He's a horse that loves room. So I think he'll be pretty hard to beat. He's bloody I've, good, got a, I've got a list, Hunters. Yeah, go. Have a crack. I've got I've, just what I liked, really, throughout the day. I, I just wanted to touch – Tommy's already touched on remains, which is perfect. I've got all the answers there. Friday, I've circled a couple. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Wonga Wanda? Let's go with it. Let's, let's, uh, you you won on it in the midway. Um, you've drawn handy again, so it looks really good. Um, how does that give you yeah, – has it given you any good feels? I think there's not too much speed, so you should probably box up. Any thoughts about it, Tyler? Yeah, I think on her last start, she did a great job. She came from back on the fence, was under a little bit of pressure around the corner, and I probably had her a touch out of her comfort zone with the speed of the race, but she accelerated great when I asked for her and was too strong for him. I think getting in with a little bit more of a claim again on Friday should help. A little bit less pace, hopefully keep her comfortable for longer, and then... She'll be strong again at the end. She's She seemed like a really nice mare when I rode her last start. Love that. Uh, Fangella for one of your favourites, Keith Dryden. I don't think you've ridden this one before, but I guess it seems like it's a go-forward type and it's drawn well, so I'm guessing that'd probably be the go again. Yeah, never ridden her. Um, she's got a great record, though. She's won half the starts. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't, can't argue about that. Yeah, 100%. And then gets down a little bit in weight, I think. Off a, oh, same weight as last start. Good draw. Yeah, she should. She looks like she's going to be in the finish. And then one last one for Friday. I've got Silent Agenda in the last for Joey Pride. Uh, you've ridden it, I think it's trialled twice this leading into this prep. Has it given you any promise for this preparation coming? Yeah, his last trial at Hawkesbury was great. Behind a nice horse, Brigantine. Um He'd been going a little bit keen, so I think Joe wanted to keep him at the shorter trips this prep, and he didn't get the draw we wanted, so I'm not sure if he'll go around, but his first up form... Yeah, his first up start last prep was really good from last, I think it it was Warwick Farm. Came from last, went straight up the fence and ran second. So... Off that form, he should run well, but I'm not sure if he goes around. Yeah, Are we going to touch on Saturday, Tunnis? Yeah, we can touch Saturday for sure. What do we got? A uh, couple that I've circled. Tyler's already mentioned Rondino. Rupita. Uh, don't think you've, have you sat on this one before? I don't think you have, have you? Yeah, one on a uh, Randwick. Last prep, I think. Last, last prep, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right. A few times before. Uh yeah. Any any thoughts about it? It's drawn a little bit wider. So does that make it a little bit stickier for you? Or are you gonna? It, it can sit back, can't it? Yeah, she's come from everywhere. Last prep, she's probably better off in the first four or five. Uh, she ran super first up after a pretty strong trial performance. So if she can posse up somewhere in the first half of the field, I think with her turn of foot, she's pretty electric. She's not very big, but she's got a massive heart on her. So. If she can posse midfield, she'll be good. 
Eleven uh, eleven in race seven. Uh, drawn one. I think you, you trolled it the other day, didn't you? And it looked really nice. Uh, anything yeah. from that work, mate? Yeah, he's one of my favourites. That's my favourite. Eleven eleven. My favourite. <laughs> I won on him in the Warra last year, and I've loved him ever since. Um, but his trial the other day was unreal. He jumped really sharp, and he doesn't usually do that. So from barrier one, if he does that on the weekend, he'll posse up maybe a bit closer, and his turn of foot's really good, especially when he gets to the outside of horses. Uh, race eight in the, the feature, the group two. Um, you got Spirit Ridge. I don't think Cisco Bale will go around purely because the draw and everything else, and it's the fourth emergency, I think. So probably won't go around, but Spirit Ridge, drawn two. Have you, I don't think you've ridden this one, but have you asked Josh Parr about him or anything like that? No, i never ridden him. Um, Mark used to train him, though, so I knew, knew a bit about him. Yep. Um, he's very one-paced, go forward, usually staying tight, but first up you got to start somewhere. And I thought Annabelle's going, going really well. His trials seem much improved off last prep, so... If he can jump and put himself there, I'm not sure if he'll want to lead on him, but if he does end up leading, I think he'll be pretty tough to get past. And then uh, one last horse for me, and I'm sure, Gab, one of the listeners, Tunner's <laughs> mate, uh, Steely goes around in race nine. Uh, you rode him two back at Kembla, uh, which he ran an absolute bolt. They just came across a smarter one in Nugget. Uh, any thoughts about him, mate? Yeah, it's a shame Nugget gets in the same race again, drawn well, but I think he's a roll-forward horse. He's very tough. He probably – I don't know if he would have won that day at Kembla if he got up outside the lead, but he's he's a bit better with a sit. So if he can get across from the draw and find a bum, I think he might go a little bit better than when he's exposed. Um, but he's a tough customer. Love that. Thanks for those. Donners, you got anything? Kraken. Um, it's, isn't it cool, like, in December that you can be riding in a $2 million race still in um, Sydney? <laughs> it's crazy, it's, isn't it? It's bloody insane. It's funny when we talk to um, someone like Dylan, he said, he said his dad always just tells him, you are so blessed to be riding right now compared to when he was riding and going up as a young kid. Definitely. It's so funny. Um, when we think uh, – I spoke to well, – actually, one question before. I, think, I spoke to Brad Gray today, someone you probably deal with at Sky and interviews and whatnot. Um, he wanted to know why your mullet is not as glorious as it once was. Um, you, I've been meaning to get a haircut the last few days, to be honest. <laughs> I might get one Friday. Are you, are you planning on – are you a bit of a hair guy? You want to get bring in the mullet again for summer? I actually hate my hair, but I do like my mullet, so I will bring it back in the, on Friday. <laughs> Man, that's what we want. A couple, right, a couple of nice right, photos. That's good. Um, I don't think I've got much more. King, you got much more before we wrap up? No, I mean I got all the form and got a good, good chat out of Tyler. So I don't know if uh, maybe Tommy's got anything or not. Nah, Tommy's got nothing. All right, um, Tyler, good. Thank you very much for jumping on, mate. Um, you're flying. You're doing really well. You're a very popular apprentice. Um, I've put up a couple of polls before in the past, and you just out outbid um, Zach Lloyd in popularity. So there you go. That's a one little like thing you've got on him. I think there was a couple hundred votes. You beat him by about four. Um, another winner. Another winner. So you can take that to your grave. <laughs> let him, you can always let him know that. But um, legend, mate. Thank you. Have a good Chrissy. Have a good end of New Year, and mate, enjoy that. We can't wait to see you ride a Group One. That'll be uh, bloody fantastic, mate. But thanks for jumping on. 
Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. Good man. Thanks, Dora.